What is up, y'all? Welcome to episode 13 of season 2 of Be Candid Talk with Chanel podcast. I don't know why in my intro during the last episode I said season 10, but maybe maybe I already know what's to come and that this podcast is really going to take off in some time and that will be 10 seasons in. <laughs> if you hear some uh, noise, please pardon that. I am in my den recording this episode and that is the central air that is going Today is your girl's birthday. I am 39 years old. Won't he do it? Woo! <laughs> Thank God for allowing me to see another year. And this is the last year of my 30s, so I really am trying to make it count. I pretty much started my day off with finally getting back on my Peloton bike. I got on it for a little bit yesterday, uh, yesterday evening, but I'm back officially doing my cycling Peloton thing. I had slowed down from it for the last few months because I was dancing a lot and teaching uh, the kids hip hop at my job as well as teaching heels classes. But, um, you know, I learned the hard way that I can't forsake one form of cardio for the other. I still have to always cycle and get on my Peloton bike. That is the level of exercise that really does my body good. Dancing as well, but I need to do both. And you know, your girl was in crisis because I've been feeling a little fluffy this last month that I have not been teaching the kids. We've been on hiatus for summer break. We go back and resume teaching in September. And um, you know, dancing three hours, a, you know, uh, once a week, it, it was helping your girl, right? And so not dancing as much, and then I wasn't doing my, my Peloton thing. I was still taking my walks because I take my son out as the weather is conducive, but that's not enough. And so your girl was up 10 pounds, I was in crisis. I had a photo shoot for my single cover, another woohoo! <laughs> and you know, I did a nice cute little vlog, bringing y'all along with me to look for something to wear. I had drama with wardrobe a whole thing right and so as i was trying on clothes i just kept feeling like not myself like i wasn't looking as i know myself to look and you know a lot of these mirrors in these dressing rooms in these stores like they don't have the best lighting but i know that you know pictures don't lie and when i had my photo shoot i felt myself being more self-conscious when it came to my body than i usually am and so you know, I t something told me yesterday to get on the scale. I got on the scale, I was 10 pounds up. I nearly was like, <gasps> because those of you who've been rocking with your girl for the last year to two years know that I was on a weight loss journey after having my son and I was able to get pretty much the 35 to 40 pounds off. So I can't afford to gain any weight, especially when I still have another 30 pounds I'm trying to lose by the time I'm 40. I'm giving myself a year to shed about 30 pounds. So. It's funny, I jumped on the scale today and it said I was two pounds down. So I know that it's a lot of water weight that's going on as well. Some weight gain in there, maybe about five pounds of weight gain and maybe about five pounds of water weight. And so, you know, I'm to the point now, when I was in my best shape ever, when I was planning my wedding and when I got married and even after being married for a few years, I was at the best shape because I was working out for the most part six days a week and as I turned up the intensity in my workouts, I was working out maybe four to five days a week. So I just need to get back to it where every day 
maybe at least for now, six days a week, I'm on the Peloton, you know, um, regardless of when dance starts or not, that still has to happen. And I'm working to get my son accustomed, you know, to that being incorporated in our daily schedule where mommy's in the den, he's down here playing with his tablet or playing with his toys, and I'm spinning for 20 to 30 minutes, right? Um, because really, when I say workout every day, I mean, getting on my Peloton for 20 to 30 minutes, six days out the week, and doing like my um, my weights workouts with my arms, because my arms are really flabby. During my photo shoot, I was like, ooh, girl, you gotta get these arms together. Working on my arms, my core, my abs, I feel like my waistline is like non-existent right now. And I'm someone who actually, even though I've always had some level of a fupa, I'm always someone who actually has a small waist. And, comparison to the rest of the dimensions of my my figure and so I need to just get back get back to it I don't want not that I stopped and was just completely being lazy because y'all know I dance year-round I'm always getting cardio in but this little break or hiatus now that I'm 39 like I'm, I'm, I'm approaching my 40s your body changes your metabolism changes it's almost like I can't really take days off like that like a majority of the week I need to dedicate 30 minutes to 45 minutes of doing something that involves cardio or strength training core training and so back at it she is <laughs> but I'm glad that I was able you know to start my day out with working out doing a 30 minute ride on my peloton with miss Allie love love it and the fact that my cardio is still in good shape that dancing has really helped me because even though i haven't gotten on my peloton for a real workout in months i was able to keep up and i was able to to kind of be where i'm supposed to be as far as cadence goes as far as resistance goes and so I'm just thankful and that was a wake-up call for me we all have wake-up calls weight is a struggle for men women everyone most people on the planet <laughs> and um, I'm just glad that I was able to to you know have that wake-up call that feeling of uncomfortability um, to say Chanel you got to stop playing games you, you can't even like fall off for a month you have to be consistent with this for real for real for real even when you're on hiatus from dancing and so um, that's what I'm doing, you know, I'm kind of stretching as I'm talking here, as you know, I'm, my body's nice and warmed up. I'm always also working on flexibility as well. And so, yeah, so my encouragement to y'all out there, regardless of whether weight is a struggle for you or not, please still stay active. Those pounds will creep up on you and we're always the last to know, or at least that's how I feel. When I gain weight, I feel like I'm always the last one to realize it. And like no one who's around me ever tells me. The only person I could count on to throw little uh, uh, cryptic messages is my mom. And when she was at my house a month ago, she had asked me, are you still using your Peloton bike? And maybe it's because she saw your girl getting a little more fluffy than she <laughs> has known me to be in the last year, I'm not sure. Um, and for some, you may be like, girl, it's just 10 pounds or really eight pounds at this point because you woke up this morning over two pounds down. And for me, it's, it's, I'm not a scale person. I rarely even get on a scale. Um, but for me, it, it was just a reminder that I can't get comfortable. I was a little comfortable throughout the month of July, if I'm being honest. I was comfortable and I can't afford to be comfortable. I have to still stay with it. And yes, I'm still, you know, like I said, I still take my son out on walks. He's about 25 pounds. 
him and his stroller is about over 40 pounds. I'm walking up and down hills and stuff. It's a great workout, but I can't just only do that until it's time for me to go back to dancing twice a week. Because now when we go back to teach the kids, we started off only having two classes. Now we have six. <laughs> um, so kudos to us and for them, you know, entrusting us with more classes and seeing our abilities and our potential and our, you know, how we get down and how we work, you know, but we're teaching three classes on Monday and three classes on Thursdays. So I'm definitely going to be getting my fair share of cardio in, but I can't just bank on that. I still have to continue to do what I need to do. So that's the update on that. Um, as you know, my single will be dropping super soon. The last thing that needed to be done was my photo shoot. So glad that I got to get that done. And um, yes, I'm gonna be doing more vlogs. As I've been saying for months, you're on this journey with me. I want you to take this ride with me through this artistry space that I'm in. It's a new world for me. And um, I'm going to be doing a lot more vlogs. I know I have a studio session next week, so I will be vlogging that as well. And just trying to really, um, you know, share my experience at this point. Um, Beyonce dropped an album on my birthday. How hot is that? Like, how dope is that? Beyonce has always been one of my favorite artists. And um, so of course at midnight, I know most of the world stopped what they were doing and began listening. If you hear noise, my son is in the living room with his father now. Sorry about that. Um, but you know, I know most of the world stopped what they were doing and at midnight ran over to their streaming platform of where they get their music and you know, began listening to the album and I was one of those folks. Yes, I was. And I listened to pretty much every song from top to bottom through and through listening to the lyrics, right? Um, maybe it's the songwriter in me, you know, I, I definitely not only just pay attention to the beats and the music and the production, but I'm also paying attention to the lyrics and the vocal arrangements. And maybe it was the last three songs that I kind of skimmed through a bit, but um, I have to say one thing with Beyonce, she's always going to hit you with different sounds in each project, right? You just never quite know what she's going to do or what her her album is going to give. And that's that's part of the excitement when you know she's about to drop. I was even surprised that she had a release date because normally for the past couple of projects, Beyonce's just been dropping them, right? She's to the level in her artistry and in her career where she doesn't even have to give people the heads up with hopes that they're gonna remember that her album is dropping and to stream and buy her music. No, Beyonce could drop on a random, Wednesday, a day that music's not even known to be released, right? And still go 50 million times platinum, right? So I was very surprised and curious as to why she decided to give the release date a month in advance, three weeks in advance. And normally lately she's been dropping her music with visuals, right? So you'll get the visuals right when you get the music. She didn't seem to do that other than like pictures, you know, album cover, um, photos and stuff like that leading up to the release. So it's interesting that she took more of the traditional old school route, you know, with the rollout of this project. Um, but yeah, you know, she definitely, Beyonce is one of those obscure artists, right? She's mysterious. You never, they're making a lot of noise upstairs. Hold on y'all, let me close this door. Okay, you never really will know exactly her business and what's going on with her. 
because, you know, she's very private, understandably so. She and her husband come from the era where it's best when you're mysterious. It's best when you're not letting the world and inviting them into your your life. The only project that she allowed herself to be vulnerable in was the Lemonade album, right? And even when she, like she doesn't even do interviews, right? The last few years, Beyonce doesn't do interviews. It would have to be someone like Oprah Winfrey to get her to come and do an interview, right? But even then, Beyonce is not gonna sit and answer questions about her husband's infidelity and the struggles in their marriage. Like that's just not what she does. However, she will, I believe, let you in to what's going on in her life in some ways or how she's thinking in her music. And so listening to this album, it's very sexy. It's very raunchy. It's very vulgar in a sense. And we know, you know, Beyonce has kind of the last few years been more risque with her images or with her visuals, I should say, and, and with her lyrics, right? Um, but, you know, definitely she's she got a lot of sex talk going on. She's talking a lot about her freakiness and even alluded, if I'm not mistaken, in one of the songs to, you know, maybe even a woman being in the bedroom from time to time. So you never know if this is really what it is. You know, if her and Jay-Z have a very colorful and spicy intimate life, which, hey, do you girl, right? Get it, get it, get it. Don't stop, get it, get it, right? <laughs> or it could also be fantasies, right? Because as we all know, art can mirror and mimic our realities. It could mirror and mimic our experiences, but it can also mirror the things that we fantasize about, the ways that we wish our life was, right? Or we could be pulling from the people around us and their experiences. It's not always the artist's 100% truth of their lives that are always captured in the music. So you'll never know, Beyonce's mysterious. But for some reason, I still believe that her and her husband have a very colorful and probably interesting bedroom life and that's their business and I'm here for it, right? You know, um, and so that was interesting, you know, to hear her. I kind of like when Beyonce gets on her, her cocky talk, right? Um, when she gets on her confident thing where she, she be talking that ish, you know what I'm saying? I like when she's when she's on that, you know? Um, and this also was interesting to see, like with Beyonce's music, one thing you can always tell, you can tell who she's been listening to, who perhaps has been on heavy rotation um, in her, within her, her times of listening and absorbing other people's art. You know, you can kind of tell who she could potentially be inspired by. And I was so glad that she had a song by Sabrina Claudio, who is an artist that I've grown, not grown to love, but that I love. And I stumbled on her a few years ago. Move a Finesse, we even did, um, we choreographed a piece to one of her songs. And um, my favorite song on the album is, I believe it's called Plastic on the Sofa. And that song was written by Sabrina Claudio. Now, maybe again, maybe it's the songwriter artist in me. I always read the credits, right? I always read um, because I want to know who produced this album, who produced this song, 
You know, I want to know who was part of the writing team. Like, I want to know. And so it was cool to see that this particular artist pretty much had a hand in writing the song. And it also had her zhuzh, if I'm not, if I'm being honest, like the song had the zhuzh of Sabrina Claudio. And, you know, I'm not going to hold any bars, right? Beyonce is known for, you know, when she's inspired by certain artists, she's known for trying their sound, right? And she's gotten some backlash for that over the years, right? I'll never forget when Amory hit the scene. Amory is one of my favorite artists. Um, and she just came on the scene with this sound that was just so different, right? It had elements of go-go because she was raised in DC. You know, it had elements of just this, this R&B that is somewhat reminiscent of Mary J. Blige, but yet still so different. It was raw, it was gritty. She just has one of those voices that's different. Whether you like Amory or you don't, you can't deny that she always has her own sound. And I'll never forget, you know, Amory and Rich Harrison. I always believe that there's always a producer and an artist who are like married in music. I think I've mentioned this before. So for what I mean by that is like a Rodney Jerkins and a Brandy, they make the best art together. Um, uh, Amory and Rich Harrison make amazing to me the best songs together. Um, I'd even dare to say Khalees and the Neptunes. Like they're just certain producers that just have this special thing with certain artists or singers. And when they come together, they make magic, right? And so, you know, Beyonce, I'll never forget when she dropped her B-Day album, she had songs that were very Amory-like, like go, 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 go. You know, very Amory-like. Even Crazy in Love was produced by Rich Harrison. You know, um, and so she was kind of, she's kind of known for when she's inspired by a certain sound, she'll, she'll take the judge a bit, right? Some people, like I said, have given her backlash for it because she never really gives credit when credit's due, or maybe she hasn't been documented as being like, oh, when Amory hit the scene, I loved, I loved her sound. And I'm like, who's the producer working with her? I got to work with him. Like, you don't really hear that kind of thing in the interviews that she's done in the past around those, those errors. Right. And so, you know, it wasn't surprising to me that, you know, the song, my favorite song on this album had the zhuzh and sound of Sabrina Claudio. Right. Um, you, there are also elements of Prince. I heard a lot of Prince elements here and there, which makes sense when it comes to Beyonce and, um, you know, Prince is iconic and legendary, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, uh, I, I felt some Drake vibes in there, here and there, a little bit sprinkled and, um, yeah, so you can kind of always tell her influences, you know, of course we know who she's married to. There's always that rap trap thing in there, you know, that rappy sing songy thing that a lot of rappers do, you know, Beyonce does that very well because she's naturally super melodic, you know, um, she's been that way since she was with Destiny's Child. Boy, I know you want me, I can see it in your eyes, but you keep on fronting, won't you say what's on your mind? Like she always had this way of being able to bounce on the beat and it just sounds super dope like and so you know um she got some of that on there with the ratchet talk and the thotty thotty stuff the church girl song had me dying laughing we know the stigma for those of us who were young ladies raised going to church you know what i'm saying the stigma that we're low-key freaks or that we're afraid to let our freak flag shine so in this song she's like 
telling you to thot it out on the dance floor and all this kind of stuff. So it's really a, a party album, but I love that she balanced it with a couple of songs, maybe about four songs that give you that R&B vibe, but it gives you that nostalgic vibe of when music felt good, right? And, um, you know, so I'm glad, I'll be honest, house music is not my personal thing. If I were to show you all of the playlists that I curate and create, you would not see house music on there. Do I have a couple of house music faves? Yes, like girl, I'll house you. You know, I remember being in a club dancing to that song or baby, if you want me, you gotta show me love. Like stuff like that are classics that I love, yes. But will I say that I like love house music as a genre? Probably not. And so that's why I wasn't crazy about Break My Soul, right? I respect that she was doing something different. I respect that she was exploring a different sound. Um, and I believe she did sample that song that I just sang, you gotta show me love. I think that sampled in Break My Soul. Um, and she definitely, let me tell you, the LGBTQ plus community, honey, uh, especially the girls, right? Especially, um, you know, you already know that, I know they already love Break My Soul, so they're gonna love this album because this album gives studio 54 vibes all the way, you know, um, it gives like that kind of club scene that's like hush hush and like legendary. It's so crazy. And so I could imagine just what, you know, these clubs are going to be sounding like the clubs all over the world from the gay ones to the heterosexual clubs to the, to the everybody, let me not say heterosexual clubs, but from the gay clubs to the regular clubs where everybody's welcome. Let me not say that either because I've gone to a couple of gay clubs in my life and everyone's welcome there as well. All the clubs are going to be bumping this album for sure. And, um, Yes, of course, I love that Beyonce will always give you Beyonce. She's always going to give you the essence of what we love about her vocally. I love the fact that they're intricate harmonies. I love the fact that she got back in her vocal bag when it comes to all the runs and the bouncy kind of singing that she does. And she's not necessarily singing like hard as though she's sing like the way she would sing ballads, of course, because these are a lot of party records. Um, and then of course you have some of them love songs, but she's, she's doing enough. Right. And I like that. She, she kind of went back in my opinion to her destiny's child bag when it comes to how she sings when she's with the group. I believe that when she's with the group, she would sing and be a little more busy when it came to her ad libs, right? When she kind of is doing her own thing for the most part, she seemed like she would at times simplify her singing. But in, on this album, it seems like she went back into that bag in the 90s where she would, she'd do the most a little bit. She balanced it out with this record, but it's cool to see, you know. Um, and yeah, you could tell that she had fun recording this album. I know she said that she was working on this album during the pandemic, during the shutdowns. And so this is how she was able to probably cope during times of uncertainty and find the joy, right? To find her wiggle, as she says. So, you know, um, yes, you know what I'm saying? So my favorite songs, if I didn't say this already, are four, five, 
seven, eight, nine. Those are the ones that jump out to me right away. I'm going to still live with this album for a few more days, but that's what jumps out at me. You know, there's always going to be those few songs that are growers that grow on you, right? Um, I also noticed that Raphael Sadiq had a hand in composing and writing. Um, the Dream had a big hand in the production side and writing. Um, Nova Wave, which is this duo of women writers who are amazing and they've worked with Beyonce and Jay-Z um, previously. They have a big hand being in the writer's room. And so there's quite a few, you know, she, it seemed like she's she stuck with a, a particular writing team for this, this album, for this project. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the visuals are, the music videos. I could already imagine what the tour is going to be and what, you know, how these songs will um, transcend on stage, if you will. And so I get it, you know, I definitely get it. Um, I will be honest in saying that I would, I'm craving an R&B album from Beyonce. I wanted her to be in her R&B bag for the whole album, but at least she gave a few cuts that gives you that. Um, because I'm like, I believe one of her best projects that I like was her first album, Dangerously in Love, when she was in her R&B bag. And I feel like that album is still a classic. Um, of course, I like the self-titled album, Beyonce. Those are my two favorites in her catalog, right? Top two of her catalog. So a part of me wished that she would have gotten in her R&B bag more um, and not always feel the need to keep up with what's going on right now as far as like the trappy sounding stuff, you know, but I get it putting a business hat on, you know, you want to be able to, to please your fan base, your day ones who've been riding out with you from the nineties, but you also want to gain the younger generation. So I absolutely get it. Um, and, and yeah, she's, she's able to do a good job with that. And, um, but hopefully her next project, she'll be in her R&B bag because the project before this, she was in her Afro beats bag, right? You know what I'm saying? And so when she did the whole Lion King movie soundtrack, that was pretty much Afro beats. And I get why she did that. You know, I just want Beyonce to, when all is said and done and she's 70 plus years old for her to have music that's timeless. If I'm being honest again, I don't know that her music uh, is timeless. Um, what I mean by that is someone like a Mary J. Blige has timeless music, right? Till this day, um, oh, her songs ring, her songs go off, right? Like, all I really want is to be happy. Like that song, they'll play that on the radio now, you're in your car, you're already singing and, and bopping your head. Um, they play that in the club, people are dancing. You know, if, even if they play every day it rains, like all these songs will go off. And I'm not even getting into like my life and what's the 411 and like she has music that that age is like a fine wine, it's classic and timeless. When I think of Beyonce's catalog, and I think of, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. As much as I love that song when it dropped, that is not a song when I listen to the Beyonce I Am album that I'm playing. That's a song that I'm skipping, right? So it's like, with some of her music, it's like, 
the craze and it's like phenomenal in the moment. But years later, I'm not listening to that. Like I'm not listening to um, certain of her songs. You know, I'm not listening to Diva and some of these songs now. Like if anything, I'm going back to her first record. You know, I'm going to, once again, the, the self-titled album, Beyonce. I'm listening to songs from that record. Lemonade, I'm probably not really playing that leisurely as I'm cooking, you know. So I want her to get to a place where her, not just having certain songs that are timeless, but having bodies of work. Like Mary J. Blige has bodies of work. She has albums that are timeless. What's the 411 is timeless. My life is timeless. You know what I'm saying? Um, albums that people like it'll it'll take you back almost like hearing a Marvin Gaye song what's going on timeless so I would love for Beyonce to get to a place where she has a catalog that has timeless bodies of work and not just isolated songs right and sometimes oh my god my husband is sorry y'all making a smoothie this is the worst this is why I normally do this during the wee hours in the morning because this is crazy <laughs> sorry y'all but um I'm hoping she gets to the, that point because ultimately when you're when you're when you're creating music that kind of keeps up with the trends that's the risk that you take right but I get it as an artist you have to do what comes naturally to to you what you hear what you like you can't be too cerebral with it so I get it but I say all that to say this if I had to rate the album from 1 to 10 as far as my first initial impression, I still have to live with it. I would give it, I would, I'm, I'm between a 7 and an 8 right now. I have to live with it a little bit longer. Um, so yeah, maybe it's because I selfishly wanted more R&B. Maybe it's because I selfishly wanted music as someone who is approaching her 40s, right? Beyonce only got me by like two years that I can relate to. Now don't get me wrong, I can relate to a lot of things that she's talking about, but then there are other things that's like, eh, but that could be catered to the younger demographic because she's trying to get them, you know what I'm saying, um, within her fan base. So yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I get it. She wanted, she wanted music for the clubs. Like I said, it gives Studio 54 vibes. I love that each song the song transitions within itself about two to three times, which I thought was pretty cool and different and interesting. And that pretty much as you listen to the album from top to finish, it just all flows. It all flows. And so very artistic. Um, I love that she takes risks. Y'all know I'm big on taking risks and that she doesn't necessarily keep herself in a box. And that's important as an art for an artist to do as well. And so I just wanted to come on being how it's my birthday and give a, a fun, a quick little episode um, and come on now Beyonce dropped on my birthday like you know I had to marry the two together and um, so let me know what y'all thoughts are what are y'all thoughts on this album let your girl know I'm gonna I'm gonna post a clip of this on my social media so it's gonna be on my Instagram page under the uh, complex simplicity the can talk with Chanel podcast and also on my personal page for those who are connected to me on my personal page so drop down in those comments and let me know 
what your thoughts are on this album, The Renaissance Woman. Interesting title. Another thing before I end, I love the fact that the titles to the song were so different. Like my favorite song is The Plastic on the Sofa. Like where did that come from? So as someone who loves to write songs, that makes me want to go back and even listen in a deeper way to the lyrics to connect the dots to the titles, right? She had some really unexpected titles um, for her songs. And when you listen to the songs, some of the songs is obvious why that was the title and others of the songs it's like, well, when did she even say that? You know, so um, very interesting, very artistic. And I'm sure there's so much more to come once again with her music videos, with her tour and all the good stuff. So we shall see. Anyway. So, you know, I can't not address the whole controversy and debacle that went down yesterday um, regarding Beyonce sampling Khaleesi's song Milkshake. Now, I can honestly look at this objectively, right? I see both sides. I understand where Khalees is coming from. She understands what she owns from what she doesn't own. She's well aware of that. She spoke to some of the behind the scenes shystiness that goes down in the music industry right she said she wrote the song milkshake and didn't get any of the writer's credit didn't get too deep into that pretty much stating that you know the neptunes pharrell in particular you know stole or got the writer's credit for a song they didn't write lyrics to and i get where she's coming from these days producers they're considered writers because they quote unquote wrote the music and so in my mind that's the writer's credit that the neptunes or pharrell is getting um when i did my own research i was like khalees doesn't have any credits on this song so there must be some shadiness that happened khalees is the most unproblematic artist you'll get right khalees is another one who stays in obscurity she minds her business she's sitting there growing crops and, and whatnot on her her farm and doing her cooking chef thing taking care of her kids i i believe her husband unfortunately passed to cancer recently if i'm not mistaken so she you know she comes out and does her shows she's overseas killing it right now on the stage like she is not all in a mix she doesn't do things for quote unquote clout and so when she actually spoke up about this, I tend to believe that she's not lying, right? But there, there are two things that could be true at the same time. So I get that Beyonce didn't have to go through Khalees technically because Khalees doesn't have any publishing writer's credit. She doesn't have any of those points or rights. She doesn't own her masters. So Beyonce just had to go to whoever was the rightful owner of the masters to get the clearance. I also get what Khalees is saying as far as artist to artist, woman to woman. You preach a lot about woman empowerment. Your brand is built off of it. How come you didn't come to me just to say off a GP, off a good principle, great practice. Hey, I'm playing on sampling milkshake i didn't want it to catch you off guard wanted to give you the heads up i did legally go through the proper channels to to make sure that this can happen but i just wanted to include you in this because you are the artist of this song right this is one of your biggest songs and so i get both sides and yes i too as an artist regardless of whether i was hustled out of getting the credit that I should have gotten, or maybe I wasn't on top of my business back in the day. Regardless of what, I'm the artist. You know this is the song in my catalog. It would have been nice if you came to me to give me the heads up. 
But we know the music business, it don't function quite like that. And this is why I stopped looking at a lot of the biggest stars and celebrities. Sorry, I got cut off there. Um, don't know quite where I got cut off. Someone was calling me as I was recording. Um, so, you know, I get both sides. I completely do, right? Khalees is like, you know, you should have came to me regardless of what I own or don't own. This is my song, it's in my catalog. You should have came to me to say, hey, I'm gonna use this just to give you the heads up so you don't just find out about it through the fans or through social media, whatever. And I get Beyonce's side of it where it's like, I legally am protecting myself and I went through the proper channels. You don't own the rights. You don't own your masters. So I don't have to go to you. I probably more so would, would uh, lean towards Kalisa's uh, perspective in terms of just out of good practice and good principle. The industry is already a mucky, dirty, shysty, shady, evil, dark place and environment, right? Not to say that all artists take, take part in that, but it is a big side and a big part of the industry. And so, you know, being how Beyonce is known to always speak about female empowerment and she always seems to be so poised and so classy, it would be nice to even regardless of the power you have and who you are to still be able to say, you know what, let me reach out to Khalees or to her people, or let me have my people reach her people, even if you want to be real Hollywood with it, just to give her the heads up. So she's not caught off guard because we know how the fans will spin things and just the optics of things when there's no communication. There should have been some level of communication even involving Khalees, or even maybe Pharrell could have been like, just to give you the heads up, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I understood where her frustration was coming from. And, um, you know, I stopped looking at these celebrities as godlike beings for a long time. You know what I'm saying? They're normal people. They don't always make the best of decisions. They don't always handle business in the best of ways. Some of them who were presented to the world to be these angelic beings could be the most shiestiest people behind the scenes. You never know. I use Whitney Houston as an example. She was marketed to the world as a princess, as a deity, as something so pure and untouchable. And then when people started to really find out who she is and how she lives, it was a big shock and everybody's blaming Bobby Brown. No, this is Whitney. She was marketed as something that she really wasn't at the core. It worked for her, it was lucrative. She's, she's one of the most um, talented vocalists we'll ever see, right? However, that doesn't mean that she always handled things in the, the, the way that we would think or that she, you know, didn't do shicey things. You know what I'm saying? When you have, um, when you have addictive uh, issues, issues with substance abuse, challenges in that area, you can become one of the most shicey, untrustworthy, uh, lying, untruthful people out there, right? It's part of the disease. So I just say that to say nothing against Whitney, God rest her soul, but just saying that how she was presented and who she was were two different things. And so with Beyonce, who knows? She's often presented as this deity, this angelic being, this godlike being even, but who really knows? And so, you know, I had to kind of bring that up and just discussing the album because this was literally something that jumped off yesterday so what are y'all thoughts let me know go to my social media and drop down in the comments once again complex simplicity 09 is my handle for instagram so let me know 
thank y'all for rocking out with your girl. Enjoy the rest of your day. For those who have been sending me birthday wishes, thank you so much. They're well appreciated, greatly appreciated. I don't take seeing another year lightly. There are many people who thought that they would see 39 and didn't. I'm blessed to have been able to see it. So thank you so much. Continue to rock out with your girl by going to Spotify, Anchor, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And as I always say, until next time.